your body is growing another human. You're growing another organ, the placenta. Like, your body is not weak. Like, I think it's so strong during pregnancy. Like, to do that, mm -hmm. to me, I'm just like, that's that's strength. So like the definition of strength. Yeah, yeah. So I just think to remind people, like, your body is brilliant. Like, let's kind of just guide and add on as needed to really help you thrive in pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mom Strength. This is Sudabi, and I'm so pumped to have on Anita Lambert on today's podcast. So Anita is like the pelvic physio guru of um, in in Canada because she has entered this pelvic physio world way before um, it was trendy. And she has this incredible podcast, and I'm going to be talking about her. I'm going to do an official intro, and then I'm going to have her um, say hi and join in. So Anita Lambert is a perinatal pelvic health physiotherapist with a clinical folk practice focus on prenatal and postpartum care. She's the creator of the Bump to Birth Method, and she's a co-host of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. And she's a mom of two. She's one of the select few physiotherapists in Canada to complete physio doula training, which blends orthopedic physiotherapy expertise and birth doula support, and now assists this course for other physiotherapists in Canada. So cool. Uh, she's passionate about helping you connect with your body, including pelvic floor, plus keeping you active and comfortable during pregnancy while you prepare for birth, and helping you navigate your postpartum recovery and return to exercise without pain or pelvic floor symptoms. This is why she opened up Holistic Health Physiotherapy, Physiotherapy and created the Bump to Birth Method. Hello, Anita, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sudabi, and thank you for that intro. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm so pumped. Uh, you honestly, I feel like you're one of the OGs of like pelvic health when I think back to like the, the people that I've known who've done this for the longest time. And I want to know all about, you know, how you entered this journey into pelvic health and what what brought you to work in this in this field. Thank you so much. Um, that means a lot to hear because uh, I know some people. The podcast is now we're about to celebrate four years, which Jess and I are like still in a little bit of shock. Um, but we've heard from other physios that yeah, they started listening to it and that and then got into pelvic health or into uh, into perinatal health. So that's always great to hear. Um, yeah, how I got into it. So I had been uh, orthopedic physio, my focus was dance and sport medicine. I also had done my Pilates training when I was finishing my physio, um, master's degree. So I kind of jumped in and focused on those areas, uh, for a number of years. And then I started noticing that I was seeing more pregnant clients, like their doctors were actually sending them because they were having back pain and they had researched like Pilates rehab could be helpful. And mm. so that's kind of where, where it kind of brought things together. Um, and it was also really cool because a number of dancers I saw, um, it would come up about pelvic health stuff, but I hadn't really dove into, I hadn't done the internal side of anything, but we did really address it a lot with the Pilates rehab and physio. Um, and, and then, yeah, I just kind of felt like, okay, I, I'm finding this really interesting. I want to dive a bit more into this. Um, and so uh, there was a women's health clinic that was looking to hire some other physios. And I thought like, maybe I'll do like, I'll work at both clinics um, and get some more experience in terms of women's health. Cause that was the main focus, uh, pregnancy and postpartum clients that they saw. So I did. And then uh, my boss at that clinic was 
was pretty adamant. She's like, I think you're really going to go into pelvic health. And I was like, I think I'm going to stay external. Totally cool. I shadowed her one day and I was like, all right, like I'm in. <laughs> like I'm in. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> because I just felt like I, I love addressing everything externally and, and clients were getting results and I loved it. And I just found, I've always looked at the body very holistically and I just felt like this one piece, I just needed to add this. Um, for my clients. And so I added that piece in the pelvic health side and then really kind of focused on pregnancy and postpartum. And what was so neat was, yeah, I still saw dancers. I still saw athletes, but it would be more in those times of life that I started seeing more and more. So really cool to just blend my past experience um, and then adding in the pelvic health side. And then I had done the physio doula training uh, before my first pregnancy as well, which just added that other element of birth prep. So, and then- That is so cool, by the way. I didn't know that about you. So physio doula, does that mean that you could potentially just- yeah. Support people in their births. And do you do that as well? Yeah. I don't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that training just before my first pregnancy. So I did get to go and I've had a number of clients be like, are you going to go back to do it? And I was like, I would love to when my kiddos are a bit older, like mm-hmm. my youngest just turned three, my oldest is almost six. And with being on call and also having a practice. And I know any doulas listening, you totally get it that it's like the being on call side can be challenging with being able to like leave suddenly. Um, so I would love to get back to it. And mainly what I've been using it for is helping clients in clinic do all the birth prep, help their partner prepare, and then also clients, they'll have doulas. So then we can just bridge it all together, which is so exciting. And then that's also why I created Bump to Birth is so that people can gain all this information, even if you can't see me in clinic. That's incredible because you work in Peterborough, am I right? Yes. Yeah. And so the bump to birth method is for people who it's online. So people can access it from anywhere in the world. And I think that the education that you provide is something that is so often missed because we talk about it from such a mechanical perspective, like, okay, this is what needs to happen for the baby to get out. But okay, then how do you support the person during this time? And I love that you talk about even how the partner can support you and ways that you can prepare your body fully mentally and physically for for labor. Yeah. So can you share with me <clears throat> can you share with me some of the things that you start chatting with people about in their first trimester in early pregnancy if they're coming to see you or if they're um, asking for support? Yeah, that's a great question and I love talking about this because I think so many people, I mean even before we connected today for our podcast recordings, I had a DM from someone being like, I'm in my first trimester. Like, when do you recommend starting pelvic floor exercises in pregnancy? I'm like, it's never too early. You can even start this before you ever get pregnant. Um, And so for people to know the nice thing about starting earlier is it gives you more time to prepare. And I totally get going into your first, a lot of people like, I don't know what I don't no. So society tells me don't bother preparing until you're 30, 36 weeks pregnant. And if that's what you go with, you can still be prepared for sure. But I find it's then second and third time moms come to me and they go, so I would like to start way sooner this time because now I get all the things that I could do. I need your guidance to know what I should do and when, but I want to start way sooner this time. I'm not leaving it till the end again. Um, So yeah, in first trimester, so many things, learning to connect, like even understanding what is your pelvic floor and your whole core canister, connecting to your breath. Like, I know if you've been listening to Sudabi's podcast for a while, you've heard her talk about the breath more than once. And so you know how important this is. Pregnancy, pelvic health, birth, postpartum, it is essential. And I find if we can start with that, like people already notice differences, whether it's if you have symptoms. So if I'm seeing someone first uh, first trimester, they've got pain, they've got leaking, they've got prolapse symptoms, the breath will always come up day one and they can actually see change in their symptoms. So breath for sure, understanding that pelvic floor and core canister. Um, also, if they're coming in with pain, so pelvic girdle pain, one of the most common things I see, which pelvic girdle, um, it's basically like an umbrella term. So 
could be pubic symphysis, so that area in the front of your pelvis, could be sacroiliac pain, so pain in the back of your pelvis, hip pain, tailbone pain, groin pain, all those areas are pelvic girdle pain. And there are so many things we can do within one session to already change your pain. And that's understanding why it's happening. But also if you're getting it during like after sitting, getting up, walking around, doing stairs, like there are strategies we can start right away. So within the session, people actually feel change, which I think is the most fun thing to see that people, they end up looking at me like that wasn't painful. Uh, but when I did it yesterday, it was like, what, what is going on? So that's really what we do within that first trimester is we're going to address any symptoms that are going on. We're going to get you to connect with your breath, your body, get to know it again. Um, Cause a lot of times too, especially if it's a first time pregnancy, but also if it's a subsequent pregnancy, there are so many changes going on with our body. Sometimes we can feel very disconnected especially if we have symptoms, you know, whether nausea, fatigue, so many changes are going on. And I think what a lot of people find hard is they tell me, you know, from the outside, people can't tell I'm pregnant, but I absolutely feel this massive shift. So we're going through things with that as well, just, you know, getting to know their body again, and then also even starting to mentally prep for birth. Um, especially if it's a subsequent pregnancy and if the last one was a negative experience, we're going to tune into are there breathing techniques, meditations, affirmations, things that they can start now that actually are going to set them up to feel so much more mentally prepared for birth. So that in a nutshell is what I do in, uh, in their first trimester. So I wanted to highlight some of those points that you just mentioned because that's incredible. You know, if you are in your first trimester, I think many times we think there's nothing you can do, especially in the first trimester, because it's it's one of those times that, you know, things are more uncertain, but you can still go and get help and see change even in the same session, many most of the times really, because a lot of what it is is, like you said, strategy and people, you know, will sit down and be like, oh, eight out of 10 pain getting up and you just understand how to change that a little bit and suddenly it's pain-free or way less painful. And you don't have to wait till 13, 12, 13 weeks in order to get that help. So that's, I think, one big point I wanted to highlight because people don't know that. Uh, and I love that you talk about that mind and the affirmations and the mindset visual, like all of that component, all of those components, it's never too early to start. And it almost is more helpful if you started earlier because it's more repetition. Yeah. And that's something that I had in my first pregnancy. I was terrified for birth. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. It's, you know, media and TV and all of the like past histories and stories we've heard of other people. Um, because everyone's happy to share their more negative experiences. And usually people with more positive experiences don't have as much to say. So you don't remember those. And so for pregnant people who are experiencing that, what are some like visualizations or strategies that you start uh, recommending? Is it stuff that, you know, you work on one-on-one -on -one or do you have apps that you use? Yeah. So one of them actually is like uh, for pelvic floor relaxation, and this isn't necessarily pregnancy specific. This is at any point. I use this image called the flower bloom breath, where you connect your breath to relaxing your pelvic floor. Um and so for some people, we're starting that early on. And that's actually what they're going to use during labor. That's what they'll use during pushing. And as soon as we talk about that idea of your pelvic floor isn't pushing your baby out, essentially, <laughs> we want to help the pelvic floor kind of let go to release and essentially kind of open the door for baby to exit. And what happens is when we're not physically and mentally prepped for birth, when you have these contractions coming on and they're getting more and more intense and your nervous system is like, I, I, I don't have options to kind of ride this wave. I, I don't know what this is. I fear how you're saying like fear around what the sensation is. Our body's natural instinct is to protect, to go to that sympathetic nervous system side, which with that actually is like tensing upper muscles, including the pelvic floor. So when we think of labor, if we can start way ahead of time of you going through your fears when it comes to birth um, and then 
things like this, like knowing how to connect your breath your, with your pelvic floor to relax, that's a great way to not just physically, but mentally prep. Um, I also have in bump to birth method, um, a really nice meditation affirmation track, actually my naturopath, who is my doula with my first birth, I had her create it for the course. Um, Very cool. yeah, cause I couldn't, I, I had used hypnobirthing tracks, which were amazing. They worked for me for both my births, but I really wanted something that had the flower bloom breath reminders in it because my clients connect to that. So I, I like we kind of worked on it together and I'm like, can you please kind of sprinkle in the flower bloom kind of reminders? And so that is in the course and also clients can access it as well. Um, so some people will start that in their first trimester too, but also there's so many apps out there. You know, you got to find what works for you. Um, I find meditation tracks like if it's with someone's voice, you know, it can't be irritating. There's some meditations <laughs> where you'll you'll go on YouTube and you'll start surfing and you'll and you're just like, I cannot, I cannot listen to this. And it's not that it's a bad meditation, but everyone resonates to something different. So you need to find something that works for you. And I'd also say when it comes to that, don't write off meditation and affirmation if that's not something you've done outside of pregnancy. I would say I talk about it a lot with clients going into my first pregnancy. I, For me, mindfulness was more about being outdoors, being in nature, focusing on my breath. That's kind of my form of meditation. Um, but so many other people have different ways they connect to it. And But with pregnancy, those, I listen to meditation affirmation tracks every night as of 20 weeks, every time I went to sleep. And I was like, this isn't typically what I would do, but I knew the benefit. And then when I listened to those in labor, I was completely able to go back to that deep state of relaxation both times. And that's what my clients find too. Or even, you know, if you're having a hospital birth, the drive from home to the hospital, you can't get into a great position usually in a vehicle that you want to during labor, but turn on your affirmation track it will help you just stay in the zone. Um, you know, so things like that, I would just say be open to different options to mentally prepare because you might surprise yourself with what actually will work. I love that. So um, I had the same experience as you. I listened to those tracks, maybe not quite at 20 weeks because I did hypnobirthing. And so I think I did that in my third trimester and every night. It is so powerful. And I never would have done that pre-pregnancy. And I really found even postpartum, I would listen to it because it immediately put me into a calm state of, you know, parasympathetic instead of like fight or flight all the time. Um, and that's a great tip for people who are having hospital births because that's most people these days. And so I could, because I had home births as well, I could not imagine getting in a car in that state, but I know most people do, in which case let's support them to be as comfortable as possible. And I think that using um, that external cue and that feedback that they're used to using is so great. And I one think more with, oh, yeah, I was going to say one sorry. more thing with the flower bloom breath is I use that because I think I heard your podcast with Hannah in my first pregnancy sometime during my second or third trimester. And that was the first time I had heard you talk about that. And I think that was actually the only podcast I've ever listened to until like this summer um, because I didn't know what podcasts were. <laughs> I'm like stuck in the stone age here, but it is so powerful for those of you pregnant. Listen to some of Anita's podcasts where she talks about the flower bloom breath, because it is exactly what you want to be visualizing for both pregnancy, but also like you said, when maybe you have some tension or pain or uh, other stress, you know, in the pelvic area. Yeah, totally. I was going to say with the uh, meditation and affirmation track too. And I know we'll talk a bit more about birth prep, but I do tell people, and I know it's like you had two planned home births. I had two planned home births. Um, and I'd say, I agree, majority of people will plan a hospital birth. But for those listening, even if you're planning a home birth, I highly recommend preparing also for a transfer. So I do think it's it will set yourself up for, again, a more positive experience if you do have to transfer, if you've been educated on why, um, but also have strategies. And I knew for myself, I knew if I need to be transferred, why, like the likely options of why. Um, but again, I would have put on that affirmation track in the car and it would have helped me kind of 
from home to the hospital. So just knowing, even if you're planning a home birth, still have your preferences um, for a hospital birth because you never really know where your birth experience is going to go. That's such a good point. And my midwife had told me my first pregnancy that about 50% of people who want a home birth end up transferring, which is, a, I was surprised by that number, but she's like, usually it's not an emergency. People just change their minds and they're, they maybe decide they want something for medication or epidural or, and I was like, okay, like that, that's good to know because if I have a one in two chance that I might do that, then I want to be prepared for it too. Um, and what do, so now let's say people are through that first trimester and they're into that second trimester where maybe they have more aches and pains in the pelvic area um, and symptoms. Uh, so one of the things that we hear all of the time is relaxin, which is a hormone, is the cause of all of your pelvic symptoms. And so you can't do anything about it because you have this hormone in your body. Can you talk a little bit about that and whether that's true and, you know, how can you actually help? Yeah, no, I think that's so great to bring up because it's true. That is still talked about. When we look at the research, though, they've actually looked at do levels of relaxin actually correlate with levels of pain that someone experiences in pregnancy, and they actually don't. So we know there's actually many other factors involved in why someone might experience pelvic pain or back pain. Um, so it's really a matter of strategies for, I find, specific movements, because if we can get that... Um, pain experience to change fairly quickly in certain movements, that also is input to your nervous system of like, okay, this movement is actually safe. And that in itself actually does help our pain. Um, and then also tension. So a lot of times too, with pelvic, uh, pelvic girdle pain, low back pain, there can often be tension within the body, including the pelvic floor. So going back to when Surabi was bringing up about the flower bloom breath, that often we will incorporate um, into whether it's different. I use a lot of prenatal yoga um, postures or flows or exercises. Um, but also I'm a big, big fan, and I know you are as well, of like balancing the mobility and the strength. Like I really don't think doing just one of those necessarily sets someone up um, for feeling great in pregnancy, but I always in the back of my mind, even though I know my clients may not always understand, I will explain it, but not until they're in postpartum do they get it. But I'm like, I want to set you up for postpartum. And so if you don't do any strength training in pregnancy, you're going to give birth postpartum and people, I think you buy your car seat in pregnancy and you kind of pick it up and you're like, okay, this is like nine or 10 pounds. Like, okay, cool. Add a newborn into that. And then a newborn that's growing and then potentially if you have a toddler and then you add a stroller, like I'm, I'm not doing my clients a favor if I'm not setting them up for strength training. So while not everyone necessarily wants to go to the gym and do it that way, I find what they want to do. Like, is it for some people who don't like structured exercise? Totally cool. We will make this the most functional thing ever. And I explain like why we're actually doing these movements. So this is actually how we're going to incorporate squats, lunges, deadlifts. This is why this is what it's going to look like postpartum for you. So like, does it feel good to you if we set your, your body up for understanding how to do all of these awkward movements? Because some people get told like, you need to squat with your knees, hip width apart and like mm -hmm. reach your spine. And then I'm like, we were, we were taught that, right? As physios, we were, taught that, we were yeah. all taught this. And then I'm like, and then you have a baby. And I'm like, I threw that out the window because I'm like, this makes no sense. Like motherhood, parenthood is full of the most awkward movements. And just doing those, like those don't cause injury to our body. But if we've been fed the constant narrative of like, you have to pick up your baby this way, like, how are you going to get your baby out of a crib or off the floor or like these really, you know what I mean, these awkward movements, right? Or getting the baby in the car seat in the car. Like, we or need Or when to it start. does hurt, you're going to blame it on, yeah. blame it on the fact that it's an awkward movement instead yeah. of maybe you just haven't strengthened in that movement, that, that through that movement before. Yeah. You know, I have a client right now who's like, oh, I bent over and picked up my, my baby the wrong way and that's when my back hurts. I'm like, or could it be the fact that you haven't slept because you've been your kids have been sick? 
because your body, our bodies are not that weak and we're designed to be able to lift and bend and twist, but sometimes we need to train ourselves to get there. And I love that you talk about that during pregnancy, which you're so right. Most pregnant people don't think about that because they're planning for like pregnancy and birth, but it's like, what about beyond, beyond birth? We got to. And I just think too, there's we're shifting away from it, which is good. Like there's a lot of evidence. So I find care providers are more about like, let's keep you active. Um, More kind of general information is coming from that end. But I like seeing that more because there was a period in time where everyone was told you're pregnant, you're super fragile, don't, don't exercise. And there are medical reasons where some people might be told that. Um, So definitely go based on if your care provider is saying for certain reasons, don't but I'd say majority of people can and I just think like your body is growing another human you're growing another organ the placenta like your body is not weak like I think it's so strong during pregnancy like to do that mm-hmm. to me I'm just like that's that's strength so like the definition of strength yeah, yeah yeah so I just think to remind people like your body is brilliant like let's kind of just guide and add on as needed to really help you thrive in pregnancy, birth and postpartum. I love, I love hearing that. And I know that your clients benefit from that approach so much um, rather than what probably we went to school and learned was like a very mechanical, you know, oh, you've got pain here. Let's, you know, manipulate this joint and fix, you know, that, that type of terminology is we've really shifted away from that while we're still keeping in mind that maybe those are some players but also understanding that like people are strong and they're capable and like let's give them strategies versus needing to fix fix them and can you talk about as people are getting into birth prep right and when do you recommend people start really preparing for the birthing aspect yeah so like i said that that can start as early as the first trimester um always in the first assessment I'm talking to people you know what are your birth preferences and for some people they're like I I have no idea um but I'd say most people even if you don't necessarily have ones you can think of to a degree you do like where you're thinking you want to give birth who you want at your birth um I'll ask you know have you heard some birth stories from friends or family or podcasts like are there things that you're like that that sounds really good like I would like that or like I definitely want to avoid that as much as possible like those are preferences so I do think everyone does have them to a degree um So we start kind of day one, because for some people, especially again, if it's a subsequent birth, um, I'd say one of the key things I hear from those clients is like, I felt absolutely not prepared for pushing. I, we got to work on that. Like, I want to be so prepared this time when it comes to pushing, because I felt like a deer in headlights last time. And like, that, that did not feel great to me. And I still don't totally understand what my body was doing, or if I could have supported my body differently or other people could have supported me so for some people we're even starting that first day talking through certain aspects around birth different options we're not necessarily going into a ton of detail if they're in their first trimester but for them to gain some perspective and to know okay I'm going to have guidance around this and so we will like take steps with every session to build on that. So with everyone, it is going to look different. Um, That being said, there's people I see second trimester, third trimester. So like I said earlier, like there's never, it's never too early or too late. Um, But yeah, in terms of getting to know your body, um, pelvic floor and core, also understanding all the aspects around labor and pushing and options, breathing, positions. Um, Also what your partner can do to support you. That's like a whole other element that I work with clients and in Bump to Birth is like, you're going through this, but like, you deserve support. Like Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be all on you to remember all of these strategies. Because as both of us know, like when you're in labor, your brain is like, focusing on some other stuff that's going on. You're on a different plane. You're like in a different, your brain is somewhere else. Yeah. And And it's so true is we we put all the onus and responsibility. I think there's a lot of pressure on the pregnant person 
eat right, take all your supplements, make sure you get exercise, make sure you think positively and all of these other like everything just adds, right? But it's like you're not going through this alone. Most people are not going through this alone, I would say. Um, And what's your partner doing? Like are they not attending any classes? Are they just eating whatever they want and maybe tempting you to eat things that maybe you don't want to be eating? Like it's it's a partnership. And I think I love that you talk about that of ways that the pregnant person can feel supported during that birth experience. And I also love that you said it's never too late. I think a lot of people get stressed because they don't find out about this until they're like 38 weeks or 39 weeks. It's still not too late. There's so much you can gain from even one session. And I really like to encourage my my pregnant clients, obviously, if you can get in earlier, great. But if you can't, it's okay. You know, yeah. life happens and you'll still gain so much by going in at the uh, at the end. And do you have clients – what about preparing for cesarean sections or cesarean births? Yeah. Because that requires also a lot of care. Yeah. So definitely in terms of I do, um, I would say most often it will be people who've had a cesarean birth previously. Um, and something I remind them too, because I have some who come in and they're like, I for sure want a cesarean. Can we work on, you know, the mental, the physical prep? Because now they also know postpartum cesarean, what their body needs to be, feel supported. So I'm like, totally, I got you. We're going to do this. Some other clients, though, they're like, I don't know. Like, maybe I want a VBAC, like a vaginal birth after cesarean. Maybe I want to repeat cesarean. Like, I don't know. Like, is, is that an issue? And I'm like, I'll be honest you don't need to decide until the end. Like, and care providers, at least here, um, are supportive of that too. They're like, no, like, unless you go into labor, like, then no, you still have have that option, right? And even if you're in labor, I go through with clients like, okay, let's go through your last birth story and then how they felt about it. And then have them, they don't have to decide until later, but I'm like, have an idea like how far are you comfortable going like is there a certain point let's say you do go for a VBAC is there a certain point mentally that you're already thinking like I can't do that part again like that was the traumatizing part if it was traumatizing um I can't do that again and I'm like so how would it feel if you did go for your VBAC and you know, do all the prep and see how things progress. And then knowing that you have the support of your whole team of being like, okay, I'm ready for a cesarean at this point. So I just bring that up because I want people listening to this knowing you don't necessarily have to decide. Like some people think I'm pregnant. As soon as I get pregnant, I have to figure this out. And I'm like, you don't. So I'll prepare them for both. And I tell them that I'm like, I'm going to guide you. So you're prepared. You feel confident for having a VBAC, for having a repeat cesarean. And then that takes some of the stress off you to feel like you need to make this choice a lot sooner. Um, So yeah, definitely support clients um, in those aspects as well. I love that. I think uh, there has been an increase anyways in in Toronto area. I've noticed anecdotally, there's been an increase in cesarean births in the past year and a bit during COVID. And I don't know why, but that's how it's been. Um, And a lot of my clients have gone into it unexpected, which can be, again, it can be traumatizing. And you can have a great birth and have a cesarean, or you can have a traumatic birth and have a cesarean, and the same for vaginal birth. So it, um, it can be really disappointing to have that type of birth experience. And I love that you communicate and you talk, talk with clients through that, because it's something that I think is so powerful to process and to talk about in identify that hmm, maybe I need some help to support myself through my next birth, right? Um, And what is your – sorry, go for it. um, I was going to say as well with that, I also prepare – those who are preparing for vaginal birth, I do bring up about an unplanned cesarean because I think, well, people are like, no, 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 that's that's not going to happen. But I'm like, okay, would it be helpful to talk through some things that, you know, questions to ask your care provider so you even know, like, when would this be recommended? Um, back when we were doing hospital tours, um, you know, going to see where you would have a cesarean on the L&D floor. Here where I am, it's all on the same floor. So you could actually see it. Because I do think part of letting go into labor 
is understanding all the different options and all the different possibilities. So if going into it, you actually know what questions to ask, you feel actively a part of the decision making, and then you're part of that decision of like, yes, a cesarean is the next, is the best route for me with this birth. I've had a couple of bump to birth members recently had that experience and they're like, I just, I it was a positive experience because of all this prep I did. I knew what to ask and I knew that that was the best decision because of what was going on in my labor. So I think you can have a positive unplanned cesarean, um, but part of that experience definitely is the support you have the entire way, but also I think it's the knowledge going in to be prepared that that might be a possibility and to be actively a part of that decision. I I I think that's so... Re- beneficial for people because usually when it or often when it happens it's unplanned and knowing that you have the power to ask questions to still feel somewhat in control of your experience even if it's not what you had planned Um, because I think sometimes we think about an empowering birth as it has to be one type of birth and you can have an empowering birth experience regardless of the type of experience that you've had with intervention without you know in, in any in any way. And I my hope and wish for everybody is to have that type of experience that they feel empowered and supported through. Um, can you tell me about the bump to birth method online program and what that's like? Yeah. So yeah, I created that. I was mentioning, you know, based on um, going into my first pregnancy, I was already a pelvic health physio and working in the perinatal population. But like, I went to a ton of courses, prenatal courses, and my husband was a great sport. He came to many of them with me. Um, But it was one of those things where I'm like, I wanted to see what my clients were learning. And then I also was like, I will take any new tips, strategies, you know, to add on to all of the um, knowledge that I had at that point. And what I noticed was that if the pelvic floor was mentioned at all, it was like, go do Kegels, one sentence. Um, And then maybe perineal massage. And that was kind of it. Um, So I was just like, I'm not okay with this. Um, I'm like, there's so much knowledge that can be added to this great information in terms of about uh, prenatal education. So that's really why I created the bump to birth method that I'm like, more people need this information. Um, So the bump to birth method, it is an online program. It is on demand. So you have full access to the whole program as soon as you enroll. And it really is about giving you step-by-step guidance for strategies to have less pain, less pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to mentally and prepare for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, and then also how to navigate those first six weeks postpartum. So it's really three programs in one. Amazing. Um, yeah. Cause there is that part about with pregnancy. So the initial part when you um, when you join, the first module is all about what we've talked about, you know, connect, getting to know your core canister, your pelvic floor, your breath, how to connect those in pregnancy for strength, but also for relaxation. So to me, I like to talk about the pelvic floor as we want a flexible pelvic floor. We want it to be able to adapt to whatever we need it to, whether it's like jumping on a trampoline, going for a run or giving birth. We need we need it to work in its entirety. So you end up learning steps with that, um, including kind of key exercises at home to really incorporate that. And then a whole module about pelvic floor symptoms and pain. So I literally go through a lot of the ones Sudabi and I were talking about. So like pelvic girdle pain, you're going to have a short lesson on what it is, what's, what are the factors and why you might be feeling it, which is already going to help change your pain. And then all the strategies for, I've seen so many clients with this, that it's like, I make it super easy. So like turning in bed, sleeping, sitting, getting up, putting on your socks. So really key strategies for each um, symptom, as well as like leaking pee with sneezing, urgency, running to the bathroom frequency. So every common pelvic floor pain and uh, pelvic floor symptom in pregnancy, you've got strategies. Amazing. Um, yeah, because I find that was missing, right? That it was one of those things where people are like, okay, you're going to go through pregnancy and then let's prepare for birth. And I was just like, I needed, this was important to me because this is what people were asking. Um, and then I go into modules around um, preparing your pelvic floor, but also I talk about baby positioning because anyone who's given birth before, you may have heard Uh, like they may have mentioned baby positioning and something that can come up is baby being sunny side up 
or what we call OP. And while no one can guarantee what position your baby will be in going into labor, because they can rotate uh, as labor is starting as well, and they rotate throughout your pelvis to come out, they are very brilliant. Like, I don't think we give enough credit to these little ones before they're even born. They already know how to exit. But which is so amazing. It is. It is. If you ever kind of look, there's so many videos now where they kind of have uh, an image showing how the baby moves through the pelvis. But what I talk about in the course and what I talk about with clients is like, are there things we can do, which is a lot of mobility work. Um, I also bring up about spinning babies, um, which they have some techniques that can be helpful that in combination it can help give space for baby to get into, or at least help baby get into a great position going into birth. Um, so a lot of people find that really interesting, especially going to your first, most people like, I just thought it was baby's head down or their breech, meaning they're not head down and that's kind of it. But you end up learning that actually there's more to it and things you could do to potentially help. Um, we go into mental and physical strategies to prepare um, for labor, perineal massage as well, which a lot of people have questions about. And really, it's not so, so much about just massaging those muscles. It kind of, I don't think the name really is is the best name. It's not a massage. It's um, not a massage. Yeah. <laughs> if but that's the kind of massages you're used to, it's not comfortable. No, no. It's really about connecting your breath with your pelvic floor. So knowing how to yield, how to kind of allow the pelvic floor to relax when baby is crowning. That's what I really feel the benefit is. And there's a lot of great evidence behind it as well. Um, and then also in terms of strategies for your, there's a whole module. It's a partner labor prep workshop that you can watch together. And it's all of those strategies, you know, labor positions, breathing position or breathing strategies, um, hands-on positions, hands-off positions that your your partner can use. Um, so those are super helpful because like I said before, like the support you have makes such a difference in your labor. So your partner understanding how they can support you and why I put hands-on versus hands-off options is because sometimes in labor, we don't want anyone touching us. We don't want anyone within like a two foot bubble and you won't know until you're in it. And that's what I tell clients. Like, even if you feel like right now, okay, I'm loving all these hands-on strategies. I'm like, let's prepare that in labor. Maybe you don't. So yeah, your partner is really going to um, feel prepared. Actually earlier today, before we were on the podcast, um, I was doing a podcast with um, someone who went through bump to birth and it was her third. And she said her husband felt so much more prepared. She did too, but also her husband going into their third than their other two because of that partner workshop. So really preparing them. Um, And then there's a whole module about pushing because like I said, so many people feel like that skipped over in a lot of traditional prenatal classes. So Everything from types of pushing. So we talked about in terms of like spontaneous pushing, immediate pushing, coach pushing, um, all these different aspects, positioning, breathing, all these things, how to minimize tearing. That is an entire module is about pushing. And then the last two are about postpartum recovery. So supports physical, mental, and emotional to put in place before you even give birth. And then also how to navigate those first six weeks postpartum, which includes a six-week rehab recovery-focused exercise series, you know, massage if you have a cesarean birth, a vaginal birth for scarring, all these things that everyone tells me, like, I wish I knew this before I gave birth, because then it would make postpartum feel that I could navigate it smoother that I well, would sometimes actually know. you don't even know what you need in that yeah. postpartum phase and yeah. you're like you don't even know that there's help there and I love that because I think a part of it is during pregnancy is not to educate people on every worst case scenario but to show them that hey these things are fairly common and if they happen to you this is what you can do to help or when that time comes watch these things and this is going to help you during that time Your program sounds so thorough and I love that you target uh, or you talk about so many different things and that mental preparation and the physical preparation. And even with the partner, the partner aspect of it is the, um, not all partners are good at hands-on stuff either, like massage or pressure. And sometimes they're like, um, that just feels pokey and is going to make you tense up even more. 
And it's true, right? And I think that sometimes partners feel useless then. They're like, well, and I've even had clients been upset after the fact that their partner was like watching a YouTube video during their labor and like felt because they felt useless. And I'm like, have these conversations before so that you know how, what's going to make you feel supported? Is it going to be that your partner is on there (laughs) watching YouTube or is it going to be that they're by your side? Even if they're not physically doing anything, just being there is sometimes the most supportive thing. It's, it's so true. It's like, there's so many ways to support and like I said, like you want you want all the options because you just don't know until you're in it. So that is that's what bump to birth method is. And so there's always a self study option open. Um, and then you can always um, DM me on Instagram. I also have a free Facebook group, Prepare Your Body for Birth and Pregnancy, so you can join that. And you can always DM me or PM me with any questions. I am connecting with you by email. So I'm with you along the way. Um, And then twice a year, I open an option with, um, it's more of a group program option where you still have access to the whole program. But then also we do um, live Q&A sessions. There's a Facebook group for support. So there's two kind of two different options. Um, So you can pick the option that works for you and get the support that you need. Amazing. I will be sharing the links for that. For anybody who is pregnant or even planning to be, it sounds like you can even start this quite early on because it, there's probably a lot to go through and um, that allows you to have the time to go through it all. And can you tell me a little bit about your podcast? So To Birth and Beyond, which I just found out is TBAB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he messaged me and was like, uh, something, something TBAB. I'm like, what the heck is that? And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's two birth birth and beyond. Yeah. I um, know Jess and I typically only use that if we're talking in text. So I kind of forget that we don't typically <laughs> otherwise go by the acronym, but I know you do love acronyms. So that kind of works I, out. <laughs> I think I'm going to just call it TBAB from now on. It just sounds funny. Yeah. Um, it's like tea bag, but with a B, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, so Jess Mandel, who is a pre and postnatal fitness coach also here in Canada. Um, we started it. It'll be four, um, four years this year. Amazing. Um, we, she had invited me to do a uh, expert interview in one of her online programs, and someone watching was like, uh, "You two should do a podcast together." So she messaged me, and I was like, "Why not?" And this was is interesting because I had been very much into podcasts at that point. I had started in my first pregnancy, um, and just was so in and thank goodness because there were so many stroller naps with my first mm-hmm. that I just had podcast after podcast going but hey apparently I should have connected with you because I had <laughs> only stroller naps with my first and I didn't yeah. know about podcasts yes so I was mindlessly walking by myself and yeah listen it's... this this is this is great advice <laughs> download those podcasts and tune into those that is honestly it was it definitely helped with those many, many, many stroller naps. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we started it. And really, um, all the the episodes are whether about trying to conceive pregnancy, birth, postpartum, parenthood, motherhood. Um, Jess also has two little ones that both happen to be about six months older than mine. So we're kind of in that same timeline with, with cool. uh, little ones. Yeah. And we have a mix of either just Jess and I, we also do guest interviews, Sudabees on the podcast, um, and we do solo episodes as well. So it's, I'm still in shock that it's been four years, um, but we have no plan on stopping it anytime soon. Like to hear from so many people, professionals and people in the community, like how much these podcast episodes have helped. Um, it's really incredible. So yeah, we're excited to just uh, keep it going. I, I I know for sure personally it has helped me, even though I lis- literally listened to one, I think. This is like years ago. Uh, I have listened to more since, but I think some people just don't understand what podcasts are. And I, I think I was telling Anita earlier, I thought they were just like for – I don't know, not for my demographic or something. But yes, young people listen to podcasts. Yes, I'm calling myself young. Um, and there's so much learning to be done. And it, it's also like someone is in your ears and it kind of feels more personal. So when you're alone, because it is lonely sometimes during pregnancy and postpartum, there's so many 
times where you just feel like you're all alone, but you know you're not. But sometimes hearing that in your voice or hearing that in your ears, hearing people who've been there who are in it with you can feel so reassuring. So I'm amazed that you've been doing this for almost four years and I'm so I'm so excited for your podcast and uh, I'll be sharing the link for that as well. I tell all of my pregnant and I, I tell so many of my clients to go listen to listen to it. And Anita also organizes it, which is incredible. So it's like it's your favorite, you know, top 20 pregnancy episodes. Yeah. You're t- so it's organized too. So if you want to binge, there's like yeah. lists for you for that. Yeah, I love doing that on uh, on Instagram that once in a while I'll do like top pregnancy, birth prep or postpartum episodes because it's true. Some people, if they're just discovering it, I'm like, start with these and then yeah. uh, and go from Where there. Where do you begin, right? Yeah, yeah. we have... Yeah, over 200 episodes now. So um, yeah, so that's kind of, thank you for sharing that. That's really, really helpful. I found that helpful. I just DM'd that to one of my friends. Yeah. I was like, this is, because she was asking me all these questions. I'm like, go listen to all of these yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever here, you know, you'll benefit from. Uh, and I think those lists are really, really helpful. So Anita, I have some final thoughts and I want to ask you some questions about you. And what is your current favorite podcast or book? Do you read um, as well? So I would say in this season of life, since I've had children, I would say audiobooks have been uh, the majority of my reading. I find I can get through them faster and they came in handy and all those stroller walks and it's just maintained. And then also, um, I don't know if people know, before I moved to Peterborough, we lived in Toronto. So I mean, commuting on the streetcar and subway, it was like audiobooks and podcasts for sure. It is so hard to pinpoint to one, I'll be honest, because I do have so many. Someone we're both a big fan of, Shantae Cofield, obviously hers is on my top 10 list. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, but I would say in ge- like a kind of a general way to answer this, I would say like anything with Brene Brown, because mm-hmm. she's got like books, audiobooks, uh, podcasts. Um, and it came to mind because I was just listening she was on Glennon Doyle's podcast. So I mean, both of them together. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So I would say, yeah, in terms of book or podcast, anything Brene Brown is, yeah, is always a winner in terms of uh, on my list to download. I just listened to Brene Brown's interview of America Ferreira and um, my son is home um, and uh, James Clear too. And her podcast was incredible. And I was like, how have I not listened to this? Again, Brene Brown is amazing. And I love that you listen to um, those as well. Can you tell me about three things that you like to do for yourself every day for, yeah. for self-care, for mental health? Yeah, I would say one thing which I know goes well with your podcast is move my body, um, which Definitely, it's similar to what we've talked about when you were on uh, my podcast, we talked about like, exercise has changed since having kids in terms of what it might look like. Um, But moving my body is so key. So workouts can look much shorter now than what they did before. And it is usually with like, my kids around um, once they're home and once I'm home from work. Um, so finding ways, actually, I'd love so many, so many types of exercise. I'd say right now, strength training is the main one that, um, that is kind of fitting into my life. So moving my body, drinking water, which like seems small. And I know it, there it can go either way. People talk about, oh, drink water. And I talk about it with clients, but to be honest, I feel completely different if I don't. I feel like I'm always like right now on the podcast, I've got my like four cup tumbler with my straw. Um, I'm always like throughout the day, like eight to 10 cups. I'm fitting in some way, somehow my body feels better um, that way. And I just think it's gotten into a habit too, that I'm just always wanting to sip on it. Um, and I think that's what when a lot of people are like, like, how do you do like, how do I fit this in? How do I increase my water? And it's all about habits. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, if it becomes habit enough, you end up missing it. If I don't yes. like if I'm it's the same with movement, right? Yeah. It's like you crave it if you're used to it. Yeah. But if you're not yeah. used to it, building it up is, you know, yeah, it's hard. And finding um, different ways to fit it in too. like, I love drink, like in terms of, um, like bone broth, like things like mm, that are still considered water. Flavor that's got bit. protein. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just like, find what works for you. But having something that is kind of that water base is really helpful. So water. And then also writing down my goals. I started doing that more consistently, I would say probably this past year. 
So writing down my goals and I have some kind of mindset affirmations um, that I will go through every morning and it does not take long. It is like, I know we're very similar. Like usually I'd be like, oh, I need to write them really nice and all that. And I'm just like, some days I scribble my goals down. I do not care, but it's the, the, the habit of writing them down. Um, so the intention, top of mind. right? It's, it's, yeah. it's also like telling yourself that you matter and that your goals matter and that you're mm-hmm. taking, even if it's a second yeah. to just pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And water, same here, because I, I'm yeah. like night and day difference if I have not drank enough water. And it's like the freest advice, right? For anyone who yeah. ha- has accessible drinking water anyway, yes. it's cheap. Like just drink more and yeah. build it into your life and you will notice that you feel so much better. And your pelvic floor will appreciate it. That's yeah. what I know. That's like we that's can do a whole, a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but drinking more water actually helps. So yeah. Um, and can you share with me something that you've been passionate about recently? Yeah, it's this is an interesting one because I'm not sure if this counts. I'll just say it counts. Um, but looking to get back into a variety of movement, like that's what I think I've really missed. And I think it's been so inspiring, like seeing you on Instagram, rock climbing, like and so many people just getting back to things. And I think it was like strength training has always been a part of my life since grade school because of sports um and right now it's just it's it's what's convenient it fits in I can do it at home it doesn't have to take a ton of time but like I would love to get back to things like rock climbing dance was a massive part of my life and that's actually why I got into physio was working with dancers um and so I'd love to get back to that so right now it's kind of like a little bit here and there whether like my treatment room on break or like here at home um those would be things also even um I love spin like I love in terms of biking so we actually got I was like I don't know where we're gonna fit this so we got like a pretty compact indoor um spin bike and we literally just put it together yesterday so I'm excited to have that and my husband's gonna use it as well just because the winter that'll be so good yeah and I just think it's also like if anything this last 18 months has taught us like it's you know, we don't always have, like have control over where we can go, what we can do. And I find then adding two kiddos on top, like all these things that I'm like, I don't like the idea of like, because if I can't go up by myself that I can't exercise. So I'm like trying to find all these ways because movement, I know just even how I feel, but also even just like how I carry myself throughout the day. Like if I don't get to exercise, like I know my husband could probably say like, I'm more cranky. Like I just, it is just, yeah, it's just a part. It's always been since I was little, like I've always been an active person. So if I don't get that in, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like myself. So I'd say that's powerful, right? Yeah. It's, and I want to, um, piggyback on that and say one thing is even if you're not an athlete or didn't do sports, you're a human being. And if you're able to move your body, your body still wants to move regularly. And by you not moving it regularly, it's sending a message of like, it's a disconnect, right? Between what your body needs and what you're giving it. And I think that most people feel better mentally and physically when they're able to move their bodies and to make it accessible in your life. I love that you bought a spin bike uh, and that you do your, that's, that's a great idea too on your little on your breaks, do a mm-hmm. little dance video or a mm-hmm. workout video, right? Is that's so easy. I totally agree with rock climbing. It does take longer. And I I initially was like, I'll go every two weeks. And now I've taken the pressure off and I'm just saying I'll go when I can. Yeah. Because I have other options that I can do at home. Um and I I love asking that questions and seeing what seeing what people are into these days. And Anita, what is the best way? How is the best way for people to contact you? You mentioned that you're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can find me at Holistic Health Physio. Um, that's where I'm most active on Instagram. We do also have a Two Birth and Beyond podcast Instagram account. Um, you can also find me Facebook in terms of I have a free group, Prepare Your Body for Birth. So that's also another great way to connect. Um, my website is Holistic Health Physio. Um, and yeah, those are kind of the best places. You can also connect by email, um, Anita at um, holistichealthphysio.com. Amazing. And what would you say, Anita, is your mom's strength? Yeah, this is, I feel like, 
big question. It is. Um, can go so many ways. I will kind of quote again, Shantae Cofield, um, in terms of do the thing. Like, I think that's, and that's what I kind of hope my kids see. Um, that's how I kind of feel like I live my life is like there, I do have goals. There are things I want to accomplish. Um, and there definitely are always obstacles that do come up. Like I said, the last 18 months, that's, that's definitely been an obstacle for a lot of people. And so it's a matter of not that I like push through and just like, I just, I need to do this, but then I'm like, okay, so this has come up. How can I problem solve through this so I can still accomplish it? Maybe that's changing the timeline. Maybe that's changing what, uh, what the journey to get there will look like. But I think that's probably my mom's strength is like doing, doing the thing, the thing that I want to do and finding a way, um, to get there. Incredible. I think that's such a powerful lesson for your kids too, to see that um, as a woman, as a business owner, as a mother, you're you're finding, you're, you're adapting and you're making things work and you're just doing the thing. And I think that's so powerful for all of us to, to see and, and learn from. Thank you so much, Anita, for spending your time with us today and sharing your wisdom. And I really want anyone who's listening, who's in that pregnancy or approaching pregnancy to connect with Anita because she has so much valuable information on her page, her podcast, as well as her bump to birth method online program, which I will share uh, the links with links to um, in my show notes as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.